Bronte Huskinson has seen phenomenal growth of her Instagram profile in the last nine months, driven by an exceptionally creative approach to the platform. I went from about 7,000 to about 11,000 in a matter of 24 hours and then certain things escalated from there and now I'm at 41k. She has a somewhat unconventional mindset when it comes to creativity on Instagram. I just think, you know, you just might as well just design your body for the photo as well. And she's as creative when it comes to getting pictures as she is with her ideas. I just put my phone in a cardboard box that we've got taped to the ceiling and then just take the photo. But it's not all been plain sailing, and a couple of years ago she fell foul of the Daily Mail trolls. I was never expecting all these negative comments, and it took me by surprise. Like A lot of people were calling me awful, awful things, like saying I was going to be pregnant by the end of the year, that me and my sister were going to get raped, or, and it was literally it was just awful. And I remember being so surprised by it, and what I found really interesting was that when how they were saying certain comments like um, this mother should be teaching her daughters to value her brain over her body and I was just sitting there going who's to say that she's not doing both. On today's show Bronte and I talk about why having an end goal in mind is so important for Instagram, about how taking a creative approach can pay huge dividends and about everything she's learned in the last year of rapid account growth. I think like having a really good top nine is the probably the most important thing on Instagram, really, because when someone goes to your profile, that's the first thing that they see. Unless they like what your top nine looks like, they're not going to scroll further down to have a look at your other images. This is Digital Download podcast that explores the latest thinking in digital communications, PR and social media. Here's your host, Paul Sutton. Before we get into today's topic, which is all about Instagram, congratulations, you have just completed your degree. Yes, I have. It's so exciting. Yep. So, so what was your degree in? It was in creative writing and publishing. Okay. What's next for you then? Uh, I'm going to be doing a master's in September in writing for young people at my same uni. So I just get a nice year to just sit back and write a bit. <laughs> and carrying on with the Instagram and building that obviously at the same time. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, It's just another, it's just an excuse to just continue with Instagram really. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Well, I mean, just to give listeners a bit of context to why I've invited you onto the show to talk today. I first discovered your Instagram profile probably last summer, I think. And you had maybe, at a guess, three or 4,000 followers. Yeah, I think it was at about 3,000 in August, maybe 3,500. That, that sounds about right, yeah. And, and then as of today, I had a quick look, you're just under 42,000 followers. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> it's a pretty meteoric rise yeah, when you look at it in that, in that sense. <laughs> and I mean, the reason I started following you was purely the creativity of the way you lead your profile and it's very noticeable when an image comes up that it's you you have a very distinctive style and I started because I run workshops around the country and I started showing people your profile as an example of how to theme an Instagram channel and of the creativity and stuff so that's kind of the context for people listening to dig into it a bit how did that concept come about Oh, well, I believe last summer was when I was theming months, wasn't it? So it would have like, um, like I'd theme it with like a blue month and all the books would be blue. I theme it with a yellow month and all the books would be yellow. And then I had a, where all the photos were outside and a fairy tale month. And they were really fun to do because it meant my account looked 
really different every month and yeah it was just really fun to experiment with it being really different all the time yeah okay and and that concept around the books is obviously I mean you said the creative writing and stuff you're doing for your degree that's obviously where that comes from when you first started doing that was it a very intentional and purposeful decision to create an Instagram profile around specifically that that interest or did you start in a broader level I mean how did that take off Yeah, I started my Instagram with the intention to grow an audience so I could eventually publish a book myself and already have a pre-made audience for it. And that's what I think has really helped me with like the direction I want to go with my account because I've never like lost myself really because I've always known what I want my account to do and what I want it to be for. Yeah. But in doing so, I found like a love for photography as well that I never thought that I would. I mean, that in itself is a lesson because... A lot of the the brands and companies I talk to don't really have a reason for their profile, if you like, whereas you've obviously got a very clear end game in, in mind. You've got a goal and that's what you're striving towards. Yeah, and definitely. I think it definitely does help if you've got a goal behind your account because I see so many people struggling because they don't really know what their account is. They're just posting like it's all well and good to post pretty photos. But if you don't really have a goal of what you want to do, it can become really hard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So looking at the creative side then, does that govern everything you do with your profile, this theme, this concept that runs through it? I mean, to me, looking at it, it does. Do you ever stop yourself from posting something because it doesn't fit with your theme? I have stopped myself from posting certain photos if I don't like how they have turned out or if the concept in my head didn't really transfer into what I wanted it onto the actual finished photo. And it it does happen. And I think it's always good to, if you're not 100% happy with the photo don't post it yeah so looking at the actual creative aspects of what you do you've mixed your creative up between things like standard flat images but stop motion videos you have overlays where you've overlaid one picture on top of another different effects shadows you've been using recently I mean a whole variety of things when I do my workshops and I show people your account the first question they always ask is how the hell does she do that (laughs) so what's the process you follow for doing all those different things do you use different apps is it all done in photoshop I mean what's your creative process well it depends on what type of photo it is if it's the shadow photos which I'm obsessed with doing at the moment they're all, <laughs> <laughs> they're all done in photoshop and they're for me they're relatively easy to do and I'm no photoshop expert I've just like taught myself how to do it as I've been going yep. on with my degree but first stop motions and I've been recently using cinemagraphs where the photo is completely still apart from one thing that's moving and they're all yep. done with just apps on my phone like I don't take my photos on a camera I just use my iPhone 7 to do it. Okay so what apps do you use for Cinemagraph specifically? I use just the app called Cinemagraph for you know, right. my Cinemagraph photos and then I use an app called Memento that um, creates stop motions. Okay that's really good to hear because I mean the fact that you aren't paying a designer sort of hundreds of pounds to produce one image I know that's a relief to a lot of people I talk to who think you cannot run a, a high quality Instagram profile like yours without investing huge amounts of money in photography, which I say to them, well, look at this one. And that that was done. Don't want to use the word on the cheap, but it wouldn't have cost you any money to do it. No, um, Memento was free. Cinemagraph is a bit of a pricey app, but the photos that it 
well videos that it does are completely stunning and I love doing them so yeah. to me it's well that's the only real thing that I've spent a lot of money on for my photos and yeah I just use them on my phone and just use free apps to edit them and you said with photoshop you're self-taught on photoshop yeah how long have you been using photoshop only since i started my t- degree so about three years ago yeah. um we were taught like the basics but a lot of the time i've literally just been looking on youtube videos and to see on how to do certain things and it's it's the case of it's easy once you know how Yes, I, th- I think that's genuinely the case with it, actually. Yeah. Where do you find your inspiration for all of the pictures you post? A lot of the time it's Pinterest. I spend a lot of my time on Pinterest looking at different photos and a lot of them are sort of fine art kind of photos and just like, oh, that's really cool. How can I incorporate that to make it booky? And I take inspiration as well from other Instagram accounts I follow. And I think it's, you know, like really good to follow really nice Instagram accounts that match your aesthetic because you can all take inspiration from each other and try new things. And have you built relationships with those people that you find inspiration from, even if you are producing something that may be similar to their their account? I mean, is there a like this little micro community of, of you all? No, yeah, I think there definitely is. Like, I'm really good friends with a lot of amazing people on Instagram. And there's been times when we've posted very similar photos on the same day without any of us <laughs> knowing. Like, uh, me and this um, account called Alexandria's Lens, who does, like, amazing photos, uh, we both posted, like, a... um it was like an embroidery hoop and we were both fairies okay. on it and we had no idea that we had both done the same photo on the same day but it was just so happened that it does happen because we all take inspiration from the same places really like pinterest yeah yeah okay that's interesting to hear i'm gonna go off piste a little bit here uh let's talk about tattoos yes <laughs> um, <laughs> So you've been incorporating tattoos more and more into your pictures, something I've observed anyway, and being more, perhaps more overt about it. Where, where has that come from? And again, is that something intentional or did it just evolve? How has that come about? Um, well, I've always wanted like to have tattoos. Like I've always absolutely adored them. And you, you use kind of henna tattoos and stuff in your pictures as well, don't you? Different sort of designs and things. They're always really fun to do as well because, you know, you can always remove them and they're not um, <laughs> <laughs> they're not permanent. But yeah, they're always really beautiful things. And I just think, you know, just might as well just design your body for the photo as well. It's <laughs> an interesting way of thinking about it. <laughs> well, that actually leads on to what one other question I had, actually, which is in your photos, you are featured in pretty much all of them, even if it's just a hand, but pretty much all of them feature you, <laughs> whether yeah. it's your torso, let's put it that way. <laughs> Some of those you are obviously topless in, but from the back. Mm-hmm. So you've got a naked back. Yeah. Do you ever worry about... Or do you ever get a negative reaction to that sort of stuff? Strangely, never. Like, I've never had a negative reaction to just me having my back on show. The only real thing that I've had negativity about on Instagram is when my feet are on books. That's the only okay. thing that I've had negativity. Do you want to explain what that is about? <laughs> yeah, um, I got featured on Instagram back in December. And it was a photo of me, like, using books as, like, a stairway. So I had my feet on them. And this turned out that it was really offensive in a certain culture. And obviously, I had no idea that it was, but I was right. getting called being called some nasty names for it over something, you know, that wasn't part of my culture and I had no idea about. Yeah. But yeah, that's the only thing that I've had negativity on. I, no one has a problem with, you know, me having a bare back on it. Yeah, yeah. 
and neither should they to be honest because i mean it's not a big deal it's just something i kind of noticed and when i was looking through your feed you're obviously not afraid of doing that sort of stuff which is great yeah no sometimes it just makes the photo look better like sometimes just like uh, i distracts a bit from it so mainly it's just for to see what, what the photo looks best with yeah and I mean one one of the other reasons for asking really was because I know we had a chat a little while ago you posted something about how you came under fire in the Daily Mail of all places yes <laughs> uh, a couple of years back and it was more to do with, with your mum as I understand it but yeah do you just want to explain kind of how that came about yeah um basically it was about yeah like you said it was about two years ago and um my mum wrote an article on the daily mail how she lets me and my sister wear like whatever we want really like she's never been like oh you're not wearing that you're not going out like that because she trusts us that we know what's appropriate for what occasion and I was never expecting all these negative comments and it took me by surprise like a lot of people were calling me awful awful things like saying I was going to be pregnant by the end of the year that me and my sister were going to get like raped or and it was literally it was just awful and I remember being so surprised by it and what I found really interesting was that when how they were saying certain comments like um oh this mother should be teaching her daughters that to value her brain over her body and I was just sitting there going who's to say that she's not doing both like why can't someone do both and at the end of the day I'm just in a way I'm happy that it happened to me because I know that it wouldn't affect me but to someone else that young it could have really really affected their body image. Yeah absolutely but like you say it obviously didn't affect you because two years down the line you're putting yourself out there like I said you're you're in most of the photos you post yeah so so it hasn't obviously affected you long term which is which is really fantastic to hear. So you you don't really encounter any negativity on Instagram at the moment despite having 42,000 followers. No, I've never had negativity directed towards me. I've definitely seen it around because it does happen, but I've never been a part of any negativity about it because I just want to want it to remain like a positive place where we all just share what we love doing. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. You mentioned there being featured on Instagram. Yes. Am I correct in thinking that was through the weekend hashtag project? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Do you just want to explain what that is? Because again, I tell brands a lot about this and how it can be very powerful in pushing an Instagram account very far. Yeah. Do you just want to explain what it is and how you got involved in it? And the effect it had as well, actually. Yeah. Uh, The weekend hashtag project is set by Instagram's Instagram. Um, And so every Friday they put up a photo with the caption WHP and then whatever it is. So this week it was get lost. So just be like hashtag WHP get lost and be a little description about it. And you basically have to create a photo that weekend around that hashtag. And they're always really fun to do because they push you outside of your like creative boundaries like being like an account dedicated to books it's always really interesting to see how I can incorporate a book in some way to it and on some certain accounts it can have like a massive impact on them and others it can't but for mine I went from about 7,000 to about 11,000 in the matter of 24 hours and then wow yeah, but and then a certain things escalated from there, and now I'm at forty one k. How much do you attribute being featured there to where you are now? Because obviously it did have that initial yeah huge boost in that case. But I mean, it's down to your hard work that it's gone on to what it is now. 
I mean, do you do the week weekend hashtag project every week or most weeks? Or um, I do it most weeks. I try to do it as much as I can, just because you're creating a photo for it, whether it gets featured yeah. or not. They still, you still have created a photo to post. Yeah, I usually do them as often as I can. Sometimes they're a little bit of a stretch to um, sort of make them theme to like books it is a little bit like mm. <laughs> and a lot of the time I'm just like it's probably not going to get featured but I really like the photo that I've done yeah. and it's in my feed so I've posted so yeah okay how long does it take you to produce a typical post that you, you put up I mean I know it's going to vary because obviously some of you are going out and doing photography at a location and yeah. obviously some are going to have a lot more photoshop work or whatever but how long on average do you spend producing a any given post yeah, it is, it is a difficult one. If it's one I've never done before, then it could take about an hour to get right. Or um, really simple ones, like if I'm just on a bed with a with a few books, that can take like 10, 10 minutes. Right. But if it's with editing, it will obviously take a bit longer. But it's it, you can sometimes spend all day doing like three photos. Yeah. And yeah, you can sometimes take up a whole lot of time like it is like having a full-time job essentially yeah, yeah. if you love doing it then the time just literally just flies away from you and having built up that following those forty-two thousand odd people what's the role of captions in the creative process for you because you, you do write quite long captions which again is something i tell people don't be afraid of writing long captions yeah when you when you are going through that creative thing do you think did, did an idea come to you around words that then you can match up an image to or is it the other way around or a bit of both it's always the other way around I always produce the photo and then I I come up with a caption around it and sometimes it is a lot more difficult it's like oh god how can I create a caption around this yeah. but yeah um it's always I create the image first and then come up with the caption later because captions are a lot easy to sort of like wing it with but a photo isn't yeah I think it's, it's interesting that you say that the post's can take like 10 minutes actually because when i when i look at your profile i was under the impression that you must spend hours and hours on each photo actually. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of good to hear yeah if it's the right photo and you know you've been doing you know how they work and yeah like it's mainly the ones on the, if i'm overhead on a bed really they take no time at all i just put my my phone in a cardboard box that we've got taped to the ceiling <laughs> and then just take the photo how are the tips of photographers huh Oh yeah, it's similar. When I record podcasts, what you can't see here, so I've got a microphone in front of me, and I've got pillows all stashed against it because it does the sound. There's <laughs> all these little tricks you use, isn't it? Yeah. Do you do you shoot in batches? I mean, do you say, okay, I've got this this idea, and I'm gonna, I, I want to have three pictures out of the end of it, and I'm then gonna post those over the course of I don't know three weeks, or do do you think like that, or do you think sort of one at a time? At the moment. Um, I do batch because I get a lot of help from my mum to take the photos most of the time she's helping me with it and because I'm backwards and forwards from uni it's really sort of have to do it in batch really um, because that's the only way that we can do it if we want them to look consistently if I'm at uni I'll sometimes get my tripod out but it's so much easier to have an actual other person yeah there with you to do it because on the overhead shots they're almost impossible to get without someone else there really but over summer when I'm home it we're going to more likely be doing them once a day just because it can get so exhausting yeah. doing 
batch photos yeah. all the time and it can easily wear you out because it's, it's so tiring even if I'm just sort of laying there on the floor with all these props <laughs> around me but it is really tiring so we are trying to sort of get to a point where you can just do one a day and then that's it sure and you use your phone for all these you don't use a camera at all no don't use a camera it's all just my phone I would like to get to a camera at some point because at the weekend I met up with another Instagram and I used a camera but I was like oh I could get used to doing this <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite nice to use a camera but it's just as you know it's just as good on your phone like they still produced nice quality images and there's no reason why you can't use your phone yeah absolutely and do you plan out your creativity I mean how far do you think ahead do you think two days ahead one day do you think a week ahead a month how far do you think ahead I'm always looking at my top nine so I'm always looking at what they all look like together so they all have to be sort of kind of similar in colors or like previously my the top line was really green and that was just to make it look really nice and consistent but sometimes that you know it, it doesn't happen and sometimes your top line can look a little bit a little bit off but it, it does happen like no account is perfect but I do I try to plan around my top nine. So does that mean you are thinking effectively three photos ahead because you're thinking in rows? Uh, yeah I guess so um, I'm all, I, with my photos I'm always trying to make it always sort of goes one like busy looking photo so it's got a lot in it and then one plain photos it's mainly just like me on a plain wall yeah and that has um what I call like breathable space on it so your account doesn't look too overwhelming and it really helps it make it look more like calming and neutral sure okay and how important do you think that top nine is I mean is it purely from your perspective you like it to look nice and neat and or do you think there is a bigger role in gathering followers to have that top nine looking good I think like having a really good top nine is the probably the most important thing on Instagram, really, because when okay. someone goes to your profile, that's the first thing that they see. Yep. Like they rarely, unless they like what your top nine looks like, they're not going to scroll further down to have a look at your other images. Yeah. So it's always the most important to me to have at least my top six looking really nice. But to me, it's always that top nine that I need to look like always as nice as I can in order to get more followers. Sure. Okay. What's the role of stories now in Instagram? Because this is obviously taking off massively. Facebook themselves would say that stories is leading the way with with Instagram nowadays. How are you using stories? And have you seen any significant shift in the way things are working or your follower growth or anything since you started using them different ways? I think stories are really important. I do it because, you know, it attracts people to sort of message you and it also increases your engagement on your photos by making sure something is always in your story and you look a lot more active and in the community if you're really active in your stories. And it's not always possible, but if I'm out somewhere, I always try to put a photo of at least two things in my stories so people can get to know me a bit better because, you know, it's all very well like looking at what the photos I put on my Instagram but there's something a bit more raw and yeah. being yourself in your stories than than your actual photos. Yeah, I mean I the way I explain these is that your grid, your your nine is is very people want it to be polished. But yeah. like you say, stories are literally just quick snippets and grabs of whatever you're happy to, to be doing or, you know, whatever you want to post. But it's far from polished. It is like the raw is oh, the yeah. right word for it. Yeah. I, I've seen you in the past use stories to explain how you've created a specific shot as well, which was quite an interesting yes. thing to do. 
did that sort of thing go down well? Yes, <laughs> it went down really, really well. Like I started doing it when I'd never really seen it to the extent that I had done it and people like I was at this point I was probably around 20,000 or something when I first started doing it maybe 15 okay and I was getting so many messages because I was really into photoshop then saying oh my gosh how did you do this how have you done that and I just didn't want to reply to all of the messages and repeat myself (laughs) so I I might as well just put it in my stories and it went down like really well and I'm sort of become known as the person who does behind the scenes now yeah. loads of people have started doing it as well yeah. and it's just to help other people in the community because I don't want to sort of be really like precious about my images I want bookstagram really to become a lot more creative and by showing my behind the scenes I've been able to help people edit photos that they wouldn't have never have done without me like people have said and it's always really like like touching that yeah. people have said that yeah very rewarding to get that sort of feedback I'd imagine mm. talking about comments and messages you obviously, with 40,000 followers, you're going to get a lot of comments on your on your posts. Yes. <laughs> How many of those do you respond to? I try to respond to as many as I can. I'll always reply to ones if they've been done in the first hour, because it's that first like hour after you post is always the most important for engagement. So I'm commenting, uh, replying to comments and commenting on other people's posts a lot just after I post. And it's always really nice to show that like, you know, if someone's really like compliment you, it's always nice to show that it's really appreciated. But with a, a lot of the comments, it's hard to reply to them all especially if they all sort of say around the same thing because you don't really want to come up as spam but I do reply to as many as I can yeah okay a couple of final questions then I noticed just I think it was your last photo you posted was a sponsored post with Kath Kidston yeah have you done many of those sorts of sponsored posts at the moment in my top nine at the moment there's two sponsored posts that are ads and I always I always really like doing those because I've I've never been bothered by you know like sponsored posts because people who are good at creating images will always create really good sponsored posts yeah and it's I loved doing that Kath Kidson one because I absolutely loved all of the stuff in it and if you're really excited about it then it also does help with the photo as well because people can tell how did the concept for that photo come about I mean obviously somewhat I would guess someone contacted you and said look we'd love you to do a sponsored post from us. Yeah. I mean, what was the process from there? How much control did they have over what was in that shot and how the shot was set up? Or did they basically hand it all over to you? It does vary a lot depending on who you're talking to. But okay. for Kath Kidson specifically, they just sent me a few photos from my feed that they liked and said, we really like these. We'd like a few fo- We'd like a photo like that. So I was like, okay. Um, okay. They sent me a few of my shadow ones, but because I'd already posted a shadow one quite recently, I thought I don't really want to post another shadow one. So I thought, oh, what could I do to do something like a shadow pose, but without a shadow? And that came up with the idea that the white rabbit was, you know, running late for tea. And a lot yeah. of my shadow ones are um, hashtag taking tea with, but I thought it'd be really funny to sort of do one where I'm meant to be taking tea with um, the white rabbit, but he's running late. And that's basically mm-hmm. where that came from. They've just said to make sure that, you know, every, you could see everything quite clearly. But other than that, they gave me quite a lot of freedom to do what I wanted, really. Have you turned down brands or agencies on the behalf of brands who have maybe approached you and tried to be more controlling over things? I've definitely turned down brands that I felt aren't right for me, yeah. um, because if they if it doesn't feel genuine, then your followers are not going to think that it's genuine either and um but from my experience with working with brands they've been quite good with letting me 
do what I want really like I've had a f- I've had a few you know like creative differences in certain brands but I always really argue my case like I've always been saying no I, this is the concept that I've got because you know it's essentially they're asking you to post something on your account and if you're not happy with it then there's no point in you posting it and if you defend your case really well then usually they will be okay with you posting what you want yeah okay right finally then just to finish off what is the biggest tip you would give any specifically brand or company who is wanting to build their instagram profile from everything you've learned over the last year or so what's the biggest tip you could give them Ooh, for brands i would say to make sure that your feed is looking you know like people say like instagramable because i always look at you know certain brands instagrams and like oh they could be doing so much more with this and you mm-hmm. know just take time with like the photos that you're posting really because it will really really show and one that's really good is the self-care company's instagram i think they do a really good job with it they repost a lot of people wearing their clothes which yep. i think is really good when brands do that because it's not only getting like the instagrammer exposure but it's also making like showing people that you're engaged with the people yep. who wear your clothing or whatever as well yeah fantastic well listen it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you this morning i really appreciate your time and extremely good luck with your master's degree and then hopefully publishing a book and everything else that comes off the back of it oh thank you so much you're very welcome do you want to just tell people where they can find you if they people gonna go and look you up after this yep um you can find me on instagram at bookish bronte or you can find me on twitter at bronte huskinson lovely thank you very much again thanks very much If you've enjoyed today's show, you should check out Digital Download Live, the interactive digital marketing conference for PR, comms and digital media professionals. We'll be covering many of the topics addressed in this podcast, including developments in influencer marketing, artificial intelligence, Facebook marketing, messaging and voice recognition. You can find more information and book tickets at digitaldownload.training. And you can contact me on Twitter where I'm at the Paul Sutton or by email at paul at paulsutton.co. Thanks for listening.